Coming up today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, we have Bobby Mark sound for you, and he says it is okay to feel good about the Hornets. Thank you, Bobby. We also give you a coronavirus update on how it's affecting the NBA. And again, we hear from Bobby Marks on how the coronavirus might affect the salary cap. We also have this. We will still be pumping out shows daily for you. It's what we do here on the Lockdown Podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's still Locked On Hornets. We're still presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's still your team every day, and we're still the local experts on podcast networks so i don't know about experts on itunes we do our Stitcher. best well we've never we, we're still not the experts on the number one daily sports podcast network subscribe to the podcast on itunes stitcher spotify wherever you get your podcast make sure you also follow us on twitter i'm on twitter at walker mail doug on twitter at doug branson loh and you can follow the show handle on twitter at locked on hornets have some bobby mark sound to get to today I had a chance to talk with him this morning another name drop i've been doing that a lot i feel very That's important sweet. Baby Talking Bobby to Marks. Bobby Marks. Yep, your sweet baby Bobby. He had some comments about the Hornets and that it's okay to feel good about the Hornets right now. After everybody is telling me that they're not going to be contending for a playoff spot next season, Bobby said, get out of here, Andre Drummond, and we get to feel good about the Charlotte Hornets. It's okay to feel positive feelings about them. He also had some comments about the salary cap and how that might be affected. And a little bit, he talked about the salary cap, the cap space for the Hornets. So a couple of comments regarding Charlotte from Sweet Baby Bobby. First, want to give you guys a coronavirus update. Get here, coronavirus! <laughs> in regards to how it affects the NBA, and Adam Silver wrote a letter. Doug, should I read the whole letter, or should I just pick important parts? I haven't done that, so I just wanted to read the whole letter. What do you think I should do? Uh, I would say it's not a long letter, but it is not a short letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've wasted enough time talking about Okay. how much of the letter we should read. Mm-hmm. So I say just give me the highlights. Okay. I don't know what the highlights are, so I think I'm just going to read the first paragraph <laughs> and then see where I go there. As you know, we have temporarily suspended our season in response to the coronavirus pandemic. We made this decision to safeguard the health and well-being of fans, players, everyone connected to our game, and the general public. This hiatus will last at least 30 days, and we intend to resume the season if and when it becomes safe for all concerned. That's big. That's big. We now have a number. They've given us Adam Silver has graced us with a number, 30 days. And remember, there were there was some pushback from the owners about 30 days, but he is going to stick with 30 days. Papa meantime, John Papa John said he would eat 50 pizzas in 30 days, and he didn't do he, that, so I don't know what to believe. It, though. Yeah, right. like lied about it. You I know, don't Papa. think Adam Silver's lying here, though. He seems like a trustworthy dude. No, I agree with you on that. In the meantime, Adam Silver says, we will continue to coordinate with infectious disease and public health experts along with government officials to determine safe protocols for resuming our games. As we develop the appropriate course for future NBA games and events, we will keep you informed on any changes as soon as they happen. Tickets already purchased for a postponed game will be honored when the game is rescheduled. If games are not played or played in an empty arena, teams will work with fans on a credit for a future game or refund. So, so not total clarity there. If you're a season ticket holder, what does this mm-hmm. mean? We're still kind of waiting on definitive answers, and it sounds like the NBA is passing the buck to the team a little bit, so we'll have to wait and see what the Charlotte Hornets decide 
uh, if those games don't end up being played, how do fans get compensated for those games? When you were talking, I just read the rest of that, and there are no more highlights. I think we nailed it with the first two paragraphs. <laughs> the only thing that Adam Silver does is that he calls you the best fans in the world. That's the only uh, only other highlight. It's and just he a signs his first name only. Yeah, he does. That's a G move. I like that move. And notice, what's the better sign I have to you this question, Doug? Is it Adam only going first name, or is it Tom Hanks signing it Tom Hanks with an X instead of an NKS? Because... Both of those are pretty G. Well, no, Hanks, the Hanks thing is just very cute. I'm glad Tom Hanks is okay. Uh, it's as if the virus picked the one celebrity that everyone loved just to make a point. It was like, all right, we're going to get Tom and wake everybody up because there's not a soul living that hates Tom Hanks. Um, Adam here, signing his name Adam, I don't think he's trying to push us to call him only Adam and forget that his name is Adam Silver. I think he is a lawyer, and he's probably had to sign his name about a jillion times and decided at some point, like me, when I sign my name, I only do DB now. I don't do Doug Branson. I'm not, that's, it takes too much time, and I don't mm-hmm. even sign my name all that much, but I got better things to do. If I wanted to go to the gym, I'd work out. So I just do initials. And that's uh, that's less than Adam's doing here. He says, "Look, the first name only. That's it. I got things to do. I got a, I got a, is, I got an association to run, people." Thing is, I like his last name. If I were to just pick one name, I would pick the surname. That's why I'm going with Tom Hanks. Hanks has the better. He he put a little spice on the surname. Adam just it completely ignored it. And I like the silver name more than Adam. Therefore, I'm locking it in. Tom Hanks has the better signature here. What are some of the Woj updates on how teams can operate, Doug? Do you have those in front of you? Yeah, we were cons- we were wondering, I don't know about concerned, but we were wondering how teams were going to operate during this period. And it, it seems like uh, they are taking a very careful approach to all of this, that they are. it doesn't appear that they can practice during this time, at least for a period here where they are really trying to keep everyone in town in case games do resume or just for the safety of the players. I mean, they are really looking at protecting the product at this point. And if you're the NBA, the product is the players. I mean, you got to protect their health. And so several measures have been taken in order to ensure that that happens, including uh, the trainers are being asked to contact players daily to check in and get updates on them. And then also the NBA Players Association is telling players, look, worst case scenario, we don't play the games. And oh, by the way, when we signed the CBA, there's a clause in there that says the owners may not have to pay you if uh, we don't end up playing these games for a percentage, you know, that whatever percentage that was or that will be, uh, they don't have to pay. So the players could be missing out on some dollars uh, moving forward. Bobby Marks talks about that and some of the sound that we have later for you on in the show. And I know Rick Pinnell brought up a good point on Twitter and he quote tweeted uh, one of the updates, I believe from Adrian Wojnarowski about uh, they want these players to stay in the city that they're playing in, right? So they want them to stay there just in case that there is a schedule resume. And we did talk about some of the practice and, um, and, and I know Bobby Marks talked about if the regular season games are resumed here this season, that he wonders if there might be some type of mini training camp before you start to get into the regular season game. So it would make sense to keep the players in their host city. Well, so many questions, right? Is there going to be a mini training camp to make sure that players don't come back and immediately get hurt? You know, because their bodies were just and we've heard LeBron James talk about how after sometimes after a championship season, his body starts to shut down a little bit. They uh, and you hear this elite athletes, people who run marathons, they'll get sick 
after the big event because their body has just been so used to being at peak physical condition that it just sort of lets up a little bit. Uh, I don't know the science, but that's just what you hear elite athletes talk about. So is there some kind of ramp up period? What are they doing in the meantime? And also, what's going on with Malik Monk? We don't know what that situation is. How does this affect that situation? Would it be Is it benefiting Malik Monk, giving him time to get whatever he has to get together to get back on the court? Or is it hampering his ability to fulfill whatever obligations he was not fulfilling that led to his suspension? So many questions still swirling, and all, all of us were trying to get answers. Yeah, I talked about it in that letter, and and Adam Silver talked about it in the letter that I read. He discussed. That yeah, what did cont- you do? You just read the letter. So me and Adam, and I, I call him Adam. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right, you're on a first name signing basis. Yeah. yeah, me and me and AS. That's what we talk. Uh, that was an that was a lame abbreviation. Me and Adam, we talked to uh, the public health officials and people that are smarter about this than everyone else. And when Adam mentions that, right, when Adam Silver talks about continuing to have talks with public health officials, he decided that 30 days was the number that he was going to go with. And so when we talk about if the NBA made the right decision here, Doug, I I have to imagine they did. I have no problem implementing a month's time before you revisit this subject to figure out if regular season games should resume. So I have no problem with the 30 day mandate. I have no problem with that specific number. A month probably seems like a pretty good time. No, I think they made the right call. It made the only call they could make. I mean, again, I think all of these sports leagues were waiting to be the first, which one was going to uh, be hit with this first. It was the NBA. And I think they made the responsible call to shut things down, and now you've seen that ripple across. Because what, what what were you going to do if you continued on after learning that Rudy Gobert had tested positive for coronavirus? What were you going to were You were going to play games and then wait for the next player, and then the next player, and then the next player. It would have been a PR disaster. It would have been a health disaster, and they made the only call that they could make. Well, it's why ACC Commissioner John Swafford looked like a clown yesterday right. when— he was going to march the, all of those players out there on the Greensboro Coliseum floor and say, yeah, well, if somebody tests positive, is that when we have to wait for it? Then I don't know. Like, that's yeah, yeah. You wait till it's too late and then you make the decision. That's how we operate here. It's how we've operated so far. So when you look at the NBA not finding or suspending Rudy Gobert, Doug, I saw George Sedano put this out there on Twitter. That was the first hot take concerning Rudy Gobert that I saw from any other NBA pundit saying that, look, when the NBA is back, when the regular season games are back, I would think about fining or suspending Rudy Gobert for the way that he acted. It's absurd. And you know why it's absurd? Reports. Yeah, it's absurd. And and real quickly, Doug, I, I know Tony Jones at The Athletic, he talked about the Woj report that players were upset with the way that Rudy Gobert handled himself in this situation. And Tony Jones was like, yeah, I don't know if the jazz players are really even mad at Rudy Gobert anyway. It's absurd to fine or suspend him. It's absurd because Rudy Gobert represents how a lot of people felt about the coronavirus prior to Rudy Gobert being uh, diagnosed with coronavirus and then the NBA shutting down. He represented a lot of the ignorance around this, and and it's not a lot of people. I, I think it's it, the responsibility is on, I think, the people that we elect uh, to inform us and and give us the correct information and give us the honest information about what's going on. And had we had that information, had we had those warnings, maybe Rudy Gobert and others would not have been so flagrantly irresponsible with their behavior. But it's not flagrant 
when I think the, the general attitude was not one of vigilance. And so, no, it's absurd to think about finding or suspending Rudy Gobert. And I honestly, like, I'm glad he, he accepted responsibility for it. That's a lot more than some people are doing around this situation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let's get to that in the third segment of today's show. How did the Utah Jazz get so many more tests? Than now I'm the scared. Hey, Doug, how did... I'm wondering that, honestly. To walk this line. I'm wondering, how. yeah, how did the Utah Jazz get 50? I'll tell you how, probably. I don't know. I'm speculating. But they probably <laughs> went to, because because the NBA probably said, hey, get prepared for this. And they went to other sources to get the test, private labs, probably. And, but the government can't seem to test anyone. I mean, it's absurd. 57 people were tested. Tom Hanks gets tested because he's in Australia. It's absurd. Right. Yeah, I, I saw that there was 57. Te- maybe that at the time I saw a tweet, there was like 77 tested today in the Utah Jazz. I'm upset and you should be total. too. Where are the tests? I'll, yeah, the I'll say that every episode if I have to. Where are the tests? I'll echo it as well. We have one more segment to go uh, before we get to the end of the show where Doug features all of his politics conversation. But up next, we do have it's Bobby. Not politics is test. Give me the test. It's, uh, the, the tests aren't Republican. The tests aren't Democrat. Give me the tests. We talk politics at the end of this show, uh, as well as uh, uh, the test that Doug wants as well. No, I'm with you. I mean, it's ridiculous that we don't have the federal test. We ben Adam Bob- gets tested. <laughs> we have Bobby Marks up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Have you ever had that one little bug that's just like, it's not completely out, but it's like kind of dangling in there. And then you try to sniff it back up to go away for good. But it's just, it'll, it'll keep popping back. That's what I'm going through right now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. The the, the NBA season has been insane. And when you look at what happened at the beginning of the season, when we had the Daryl Morey tweet fired off and how much it affected the salary cap and the popularity overseas regarding the NBA, specifically in China, of course, when Daryl Morey had that tweet criticizing the political policies of China, right? There was uh, a hit that the NBA took financially in that situation. And so that was an outside influence that no one expected, right? I mean, nobody knew Daryl Morey was going to decide to put that tweet out there that would hurt the NBA in such a big way. And it put the NBA in a really tough situation, depending on how you look at it. Pretty clearly a right answer as far as what Daryl Morey was talking about. But, man, we are really towing the line here today. But we talked about that, right? That was a while ago. What line? I don't exist with lines. I'm lineless. Mm -hmm. I'll go anywhere. Talk about anything. You're a blank space. Pretty unexpected the way that that salary cap changed. It was unexpected. And now we're looking at this again, right? So we had the Daryl Morey situation. And we have the coronavirus situation that has, at least for the time being, it's suspended the 20 regular season games left on the schedule and very well could have canceled them heading into postseason play. And who knows what happens down the line? Crazy that we had two outside influence uh, influences affect the salary cap like they did this season. It is crazy. And it's, it's quite different because w- with the China thing at the beginning of the season, we all thought that the, the, because they were kind of telling us this, that there was going to be a big financial hit and that financial hit would trickle down and, and mean a tighter salary cap. But then the numbers started to come out and it was like, man, maybe it's not a, as big a hit as we thought it was going to be. And it spoke to the power and the money that they were generating from television contracts. And now, yeah, you know, uh, it's it's going to hurt because now it's, it's both. 
Who better to talk about that specific side of things than ESPN front office insider Bobby Marks? Here's what he had to say. You talk about the China situation back in, um, you know, which is still going on. And, and the coronavirus situation is kind of, you know, this is unknown territory for, for all of us here. Um, I think with regards to the cap, the one thing is that there's not many teams that were projected to be um, room teams. This isn't like 2016 when, you know, 20 to 30 teams here. So it was going to be or projected to be more of a conservative summer. I know the Hornets do have room, but when you listen to Mitch Kupchak, yeah. he's going to take a cautious approach as as far as you do that. I think the interesting thing will be what happens in 2021 when that next great free agent class here. And, you know, the cap's projected to go to 125 in, in 21, in 2021. It's 115 for this upcoming summer. And um, will it be some type of smoothing out effect? So if, if the cap is projected to, to be 115, and we're looking at it now at maybe 108 or 109, do we smooth out to make it kind of average out for, for the next two years here? And I think that's a, that's a question between the league office and, and, the, uh, and, and the Players Association. The outside influences affecting it. Nobody saw either one of these situations coming. And you heard Bobby Marks with the projected cap compared to what it was projected at, right? It was projected about 114, 115. Now you could see it about maybe 108. You know, that's that's a contract of a rotation player. Could be, right? I mean, that's that's interesting. He also discussed his 2021, that being the prize free agent market because of all the stars that are hitting the market. Doug, what did you take away from Bobby's comments? Yeah, I mean, we already know from Mitch Kupchak that the Hornets didn't don't plan on being big players in free agency, but now it seems like everybody's probably going to be conservative if if the numbers do indeed contract. And honestly, I would rather have this franchise have some cap room in a conservative cap environment than I would for them to yeah. go through the 2016 situation again, where we're giving. Uh, you know, money hand over fist to players that maybe don't deserve it. So I think it's honestly, it might be better for this organization to be in this particular situation if past history has anything to say about it. I know it's a new, it's a new regime. It's Mitch Kupchak. Maybe it's different, but maybe it's not different. And it, I think it's going to be conservative. Well, it, that would make you feel good. I asked Bobby Marks today if we are allowed to feel good about where the Charlotte Hornets are right now. Here's what he had to say. You should. I mean, and you lost two games, I think, to San Antonio and Denver by what, a combined three points. Yeah, I mean, I think that the goal here, and let's face it, I know they got off to a pretty decent start, but the goal was from day one, does Devontae Graham, you know, and I don't even know we put Devontae in the equation because we probably know what we're going to get them from Devontae, but guys like Devontae Graham and P.J. Washington and, and Miles Bridges, um, do they get better from game one to where they are now? I think we can say definitely a yes. And then the other two thing is, is that how does this team play post all-star break when there's basically nothing on the line? Are they still competing? Are they just playing out the string of games? Um, where is the effort level? And I think you've seen this team get gradually better that they're in every game here. So I think, you know, there is a strong foundation in place. I give James Borrego a lot of credit for keeping this group together, and I and I give Mitch Kupchak a lot of credit for for his draft. I mean, the Devontae Graham pick is going to be go down as one of the the better picks that we've seen in a long time here. So yeah, I think if you're um, a Hornets fan or you're part of the organization, I think there is a, a part that you can feel good, and you, and you have the flexibility going forward that you can add or um, you know tinker with your roster. 
Yeah, thank you, Bobby. That's all I've wanted. I've just wanted somebody to tell me that it's okay to feel good about the Hornets because I've asked quite a few people that are national NBA pundits and they told me no. I wasn't allowed to feel good about it. But Bobby allows me to. Sweet baby Bobby, man. Thank you very much. And the interesting thing at the end of that, he discusses Devontae Graham, Doug. We we talk about Devontae Graham kind of being a tough evaluation because of what he did the first 27 games. It at least propelled him into the conversation of being a reserve on the Eastern Conference All-Star team. Since then, he had been someone that slumped mightily, someone that had awful, awful shooting percentages. Since then, he actually gave us the wow game that I talked about, 30 points against the Miami Heat. The second through the fourth quarter, he was magnificent, hitting eight three-pointers. It had been a while since we'd seen a performance like that from him. Yet, even with all of that kind of tough evaluation in which we talked about Devontae Wright, I still feel good about him being a starting point guard in the league. Maybe it doesn't mean that he's going to be a high-end starter. Maybe it doesn't mean that he's going to be an Eastern Conference All-Star reserve. But I do feel good about Devontae. And the fact that Mitch Kupchak traded up to go get him, it shows that, hey, he, he liked the guy enough to even give up a little bit of an asset to move up. And you know what he, what he hit? I mean, if you're talking about a second-round pick, to me, I have no problem saying Devontae's a hit when you're discussing second-round picks. There are several players on this team right now that are in the conversation to be a future factor player. Maybe not an elite superstar-level player. I don't know if we'll ever get that out of P.J. Washington or Devontae Graham. But there are several players, and I'll, I'll lump Cody Martin into this, um, I mean, I would have lumped Malik Monk into this before all of this stuff happened, but players that could enter into the conversation of being a factor on a winning team. Steve Clifford used to always talk about how he judged the team over the course of the season and then individual players. And it was all about, did they improve from game one to game 82? Yes, there are going to be peaks and valleys along the way, but when you look at them at, at game 82, if if a majority of the team improved their improvement performance by game 82 then you could be a factor in the playoffs you could make the playoffs and then be a factor and this team doesn't have the talent right now and and I include Devontae Graham and I include PJ Washington into that they're still learning they're still growing they could become that talent but they didn't have it enough of it this year to be a factor in the playoffs but they're in the conversation and and we could have definitely gotten to a point at the end of the season whenever it occurs that we said wow I mean, we just don't really have anything right now. And you can't say that about the Charlotte Hornets unless you're just not paying attention. Bobby mentions the word foundation, and I think that's a good word. At least there's some type of foundation. I don't think we have the 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 star that can come in off of this right now. Right, and I, he's he's not on this roster yet, but there is a foundation. I think somewhat for this team to try to take the next few steps. And if there's a foundation, and then they get that star, it could prove to be pretty big. Listen, we don't know what we don't know, okay? And, and we could have said that about Kimball Walker after year three. We didn't know that Kimball Walker year four was coming. No one said Kimball Walker year four, year five, year six was on the way. So we don't know what we don't know. But it's better to not know what you don't know than to know for sure that you don't have the players on this roster that will ever become anything. Hornets fans who were Bobcats fans, used to have that feeling. You're listening right now. You remember that feeling when you looked at the roster and went, wow, there is nothing here. (laughs) That's not the feeling that I have right now when I watch this team beat Miami and compete in those games against winning teams. Yes, those winning teams did not take the Hornets seriously. They didn't. They were resting players. They thought they were going to come to Charlotte or Charlotte was going to come to them, and they were going to put a beat down on a young team that was only winning 20 games. And they got it 
dead wrong. Denver got it dead wrong. San Antonio got it dead wrong. Miami got it ultra dead wrong. And the Hornets are serious. And the players on the Hornets roster are serious about putting winning basketball on the floor. And so is the coaching staff. And you can take that to the bank. And if you if you want to take it to the bank, even with the stock market going down, I think this do would it, be something. Do, to, do it digitally. <laughs> don't don't actually go outside and take That's it to right. the bank. Do it through. Yeah. You can you can deposit checks through your app now. You have the technology. Don't go to the bank, but put it in the bank. With the stock market going down, because there are some pieces to work Save with on this roster, you might want to invest in a Locked On Hornets podcast by advertising through it because we could be coming out on the other side pretty positive, Doug. How can they do it if they want to advertise with us? Okay, here's the deal. If you've been a listener to this podcast for a long time, you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On, both national and local, and they're doing it so they can reach sports fans. You might not know that Locked On Hornets is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Hornets fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Hornets fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated, has disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses and local podcasts. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. And we look forward to hearing from you. We tell you about the new content coming your way next week and beyond next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. They're running their rookies to Greensboro. They're driving them to Greensboro and then driving them back the same day to play in an NBA game. I cannot (laughs) wait until the Hornets load manage. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We will still be pumping out shows daily for you. It's what we do here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It doesn't matter if the coronavirus is going around. We will continue this show, and it will be a daily show, as at least as, as of right now. We're going to give you some content. And we've got some good content coming your way. You might think, and I don't... <laughs> I don't know if you've been asked this, Doug, because people know you do the podcast, the radio show. People have texted me left and right. What now? What does a sports radio show talk about when there's no sports? People love that line, and they have asked me a million times. And I can draw back from my experiences here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. So you know us. You know we're going to be just fine. I'll just say get ready for my food takes because I got a new favorite Girl (laughs) Scout cookie. I got a new favorite Girl Scout cookie. It's not Thin Mints. Oh, yeah, it's okay. not tagalongs. Thin mints are the best. You know, did you know they, that at Girl Scout cookies, some of the cookies have different names depending on where you buy them because I didn't know that. they come out of two different warehouses, and I guess or or ma- manufacturers. Do people manufacture cookies? I don't know what you well, call different them. Different groups of Girl Scouts. You Just, have one group of Girl Scouts making them here, and you have another group of Girl Scouts making them in another place. Right? They taste this, although they don't even taste the same. There are two different types of one of the cookies that that are actually different cookies. It's all very confusing. I think the Girl Scouts have to get together at some point and be like, we have to end these divisions. We've mm-hmm. got to figure out what the cookies are and, and how we're getting them to people so that there's no more confusion. But uh, what I'm not confused about is that the s'more cookie is the best cookie of the Girl Scout cookies. 
S'mores are good. S'mores are really good. I go thin mints. Um, I think that's the cookie. Clearly. I think the s'more cookie is the one that's different if you get it from different places. Like one of them is like you're supposed to warm it up. I don't know. Again, it's so confusing. But the s'more cookie that I got was good. But the best. That's thing. not a bad food take. So you're off to a good start if we're going to continue to hear more of your food takes awesome. a little bit more awesome. frequently. Nice, nice job, Doug. But we are going to do one thing, right? I know that. Um, because we don't have the regular season right now, we might mm-hmm. not ever get it back for the 2019-2020 season. Uh, we're not taking that for an answer. Nope. We're, we're going to continue the season. That's right. We are going to give you some results based on the last 20 games of the Hornets 2020, the end of this 2020-2019 season. Doug, how are we going to give that to the people? Uh, through the magic of technology, I'm going to pull up NBA 2K and I will simulate. So starting tonight, tonight they were supposed to play, the Hornets were supposed to uh, play the Cleveland Cavaliers. I believe it was in Cleveland. So we're missing that game tonight. But on Monday, I will have a full box score. We'll break it down. What happened when I simulated it in NBA 2K? We'll find out if Devontae Graham had another wow game, if P.J. Washington could keep up his pace from three, and if they were able to stop the behemoth that is the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. Tune in tonight, patreon.com slash LOH. We got Eric Collins and Del Curry to call that game. (laughs) That's not true. Trying to get this podcast in trouble. Patreon.com slash LOH. Also, we asked Rick to do something for us. Can we reveal to the people what we have Rick doing for us, or do we want to keep that a surprise? Uh, No, let's reveal it. I think we want people to come back next week and listen to Rick Bennell on Tuesday because we have him, uh, we had him agree to do a segment with us called Hidden History. So we're going to dive back into the archives of Hornets history and get some stories that you may have forgotten. You may not have all the details to. We're going to ask the one guy who has all the details because he's been covering this team essentially since the beginning, since its birth. And so he will, you know, stuff like when the Hornets left for New Orleans, what what went behind that decision? When uh, they drafted LJ, when they drafted Zoe, you know, those big moments in Hornets history and maybe even Bobcats history too. We're going to ask him all about that in a segment that we'll be doing over the next few weeks called Hidden Hornets. I'm going to say I started Hidden History, but now I think it's Triple H, baby. Hidden Hornets history. Oh, yeah. I mean, alliteration is just a beautiful thing. And I like Hidden Hornets history. Uh, This is essentially a 30 uh, 30 for 30, all Hornets based. We're giving you the stories that you may not have heard of or may not have as many details about. At least that's the way I'm picturing it. We haven't had these type of details discussion with Rick, but that's what we want to implement. It won't have that, you know, slick Rinaldi type of production behind it. It'll be the goofy, clumsy, silly way that we uh, tend to do things around here. But it will give you some information that you may uh, not know about the Hornets. And I think that's a perfect time to do that. All right. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Hornets. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you on Monday.